Welcome back to Secondhand Therapy. Uh, we are not licensed therapists, uh, professionals, uh, anything like that at all. We're just a couple of guys <sighs> working through it. Working through it. Yeah. Take longer, though, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. Yours, you, let, me, let me do you. Let me do you. Yeah, do me. Hey, welcome to the show. Play the music. Okay, first off. What? Put Get more Eeyore behind it. That's you. Show me some respect. That's you. Here's you. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Here's you. You ready? Here's you. Welcome to the show. Dude, I give good head, huh? Play the music. All right. Is it the control issues triggering the anxiety or is it the anxiety triggering the control issues? That's what I was fucking hit with this week. Yeah. Uh, we know the answer, don't we? Because, I think we do. Well, now I was still talking, right? <laughs> so here's, here's what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. You are riddled with anxiety and we know that. I'm a super chill laid back dude. Uh-huh. Now, it's for sure, you have this, I think, this is my theory, I call it the Malone theory. Okay. Step one, be a big pussy. Got it. Step two, have an inherent fear just in your core, (laughs) which is anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that makes you want to control everything around you because you exist on a your your hum level of anxiety is already at like a five, I think. Yeah, which is so crazy because again, I'm a super chill, laid back dude. Hey, I forgot to tell you guys we have a we have our first sponsor. It's called it's Denial <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, so my therapist hit me with that, and I, I think I think I think that is right. I think the anxiety is triggering these control issues. Yeah. Yeah, but. Upon discovery mm-hmm. in therapy, in therapy this week, I I realized that I was I'm, I'm like Bane, you know what I mean? Like no, you're not. You were just you were just raged in it. I was born in anxiety. My mother was. What a terrible reference that was. Uh, yeah, I know. I was. It was reading. Here, here's what. Here's what it is. Solid impression though. <laughs> The, yeah. ba- the Bane, I didn't hate the Bane voice. Well, that was nice. Yeah. You know, it's around Halloween. I thought, yeah. why not? Let's yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, my mother was riddled with anxiety and I just, she's, you know, the poster child of worst case scenario. Yeah. So, uh, uh, un- it- <laughs> <laughs> is that your Malone impression? <laughs> Dog, I fell offline. <laughs> Fucking Biden 2024. Yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> Who, uh, no one asked for a remix of that sentence. Hey, man. <laughs> Explain more about what you mean that your mom is riddled with anxiety. What does that look like? Oh, uh, this, is a, this is a great example. This is the one I gave in therapy. Um, when I was like starting to drive 16, 17, you know, like fresh, fresh driver, mm-hmm. uh, my mother would try to talk me out of driving when it was raining because it was too dangerous and she was worried about me. So if it was raining too hard, she would try to keep me home because she was scared that I, that's, you know, not, that's not that wild rain dog. I mean, you're, you're a brand new driver. I, that doesn't seem that wild. Okay. I'm I'm just saying. For me, I thought it would be worse. Yeah, that's like just like a, a light example, but it's like that for every thing. Everything is worst case scenario with my mother. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I do a podcast with this guy. Everything's worst case scenario with him. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, you see the similarities. And I, for years, I thought that my anxiety was just the this worrisome leftovers from my mother. I didn't realize that it was like full blown anxiety. I thought just every once in a while my fucking my mom would flare up, <laughs> you yeah. know, and uh, and uh, yeah, it turns out full-blown anxiety yeah well we knew that i'm glad you know it now how does it feel now that you know have you accepted it yet or do you understand like can you look at yourself and be like i'm an anxious person well you and i had talked a couple weeks ago when we kind of were unpacking these controlling issues and Mm. i thought the root of everything was control Mm. um but then i started looking into like what that is and i'm not a controlling person in that manner of like uh when i think of like controlling people i think of kind of like bad relationships you know what i mean right yeah yeah. i don't have any of that um but i like to drive i like to know i like to know the plan i like to all that kind of stuff like controlling in that way is controlling my environment controlling more more so like forecasting is what i would compare it to mm-hmm. forecasting my evening okay. or, or event or whatever. Um, in those ways I'm controlling. So I thought the root was control, but you and I unpacked it. And I think, I think the root is anxiety and I, I have accepted that. So when, when you do have your evening, cause we, we've talked about this before that you like, you need to know what the plan is mm-hmm. and I need you to stick to the plan. Right. Where do you fall in that spectrum? Like if you have a plan and it changes, is that okay? Or does that fuck you up? Oh, there's nothing more I, I love than to cancel a plan. Uh, oh, I know that. <laughs> oh, I love to cancel a plan. Yeah. Who wants to make plans? I'm already not going. Uh, love it. What are we doing? I'm just, I'm just. That's called the paternal arrival. <laughs> All right. I've, we've already done that. I've already coined this. It's the paternal arrival. That's true. Yeah. I love That's that. Okay. But I, when, it depends if it is something that I have done or something similar, it does not bother me. If it is a new activity, I think it'll, it'll fuck me up. Mm. What if they're like, Hey, I'll be at your place at eight. And then they hit you up at like seven They're like, Hey, can we push to nine? That doesn't bother me at all. Even if you're like ready and all that shit. No, I'm, I'll be a little bummed. I'll be like, yeah, whatever. And then I'll just fucking find a snack or something. <laughs> yeah. Making a snack. <laughs> Making a snack. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, but that would set you off, right? That would just like, that'd ruin your night. Oh, if you're supposed to be here at eight and you hit me at 755 and say, hey, can we push to nine? Lose my number. <laughs> it's that bad. It's that Lose bad. my fucking number. Because clearly you don't respect my time. And if you don't respect my time, you don't respect me, do you? But what if something comes up? I get it. Shit happens. What happened that you need an extra hour? Not a car accident. (laughs) What happened? Better show up in a stretcher. Yeah, what happened that you need an extra hour? Diarrhea? Okay, I'll give you diarrhea. That's not an hour. (laughs) Tell me you're going to be be 15 late and you get here and be like, my stomach's fucked up. I go, I hear you. It happens. Do you have a chart? Of like excuses and yeah. time that you are. It's in here. And okay. in here. Yeah, that's, that's where, where it, it is. That's where it is. Yeah. Yeah, don't hit me last minute. Can we push? You Have you lost your mind? Hey, hmm. man, you should have been on your way and you knew you weren't. Hit me up then. Hit me up when you didn't leave on time. Not five minutes before you're supposed to get here. Yeah. That's, that's you yeah. don't you don't give a fuck. I don't all. give a fuck about any of that. Oh my god! I know because I, I understand shit happens. I understand, you know, it's all like, yeah, whatever. We're still doing the thing. You're still on your way. You're no, still we are. whatever. It's canceled. <laughs> We're not doing it anymore. It's canceled. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't leave when you were supposed to leave, you're going to be late. Speak up then. Why is that so hard? Do you think? <laughs> Here it is. Um, give it to me. Do you think it makes it hard for people to speak up? What makes it hard? You. Me? Yeah. Nope. Do you ever feel like maybe maybe it's hard for people to come forward and uh, address situations with you? <laughs> you ever think about that? I'm thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. 
Nah, grow up. <laughs> nah, just grow up. Really? Yeah, we're adults. So funny. what do you what do you think's gonna happen? You're gonna get in trouble? What am I gonna do? This. And then what? I don't know. It, what? Okay. So <laughs> I don't understand. What's the problem? Some people. I don't want to say any names here. Yeah. Some people have people pleasing problems. Yeah. That, and yeah, oh, oh, codependent. Yeah. Go ahead. And they can't handle when people are upset with them or mad at them. So some people out there, I don't know who it would be, but maybe yeah. some people. Yeah. Would then think that that is a big deal to have uh, you upset with them or angry or so they would uh, try to not have that conversation with you or mm. feel uneasy about it. Mm. Let me ask you a question about uh, these people. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Do in their, in their stupid fucking brain, mm-hmm. does it, how, how do they get to the point of, Oh, let me just, instead of when I'm running late, speak up, let me do it at the last minute. That'll upset him less. That's a good question. I'll have mm. to ask these people. Yeah, ask those people. They're very handsome, by the way. I've seen them. They're very handsome. Oh, I thought you were talking about you. Wait, who are you talking about? So I think the anxiety is triggering the control issues. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens when you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Still not over the intro, huh? I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're not ugly. You're very handsome. Thank you. You're very handsome. Thank you. Very attractive guy. I wish I could say the same for you. Thank you. <sighs> it's okay. I'm just the chunky one. <laughs> you know, I know my place on this podcast. Oh, I'm seeing the fucking heat you've been posting. Uh, I didn't post any heat. Not not in that way. People like commenting and going at it in, in the comments with each other and stuff. It's been interesting. Oh, yeah. Tell me I'm handsome. <sighs> What? Tell me I'm handsome. Do it right so now. So I think the anxiety is triggering the controlling it. Just to get us back on track. And then yeah. we got off track there. Yeah, we did. He's five foot nine, just so you know. <laughs> We're the same height. Are you saying you're five foot nine? Nope. Okay. I'm saying when we stand next to each other, I look at the top of your head. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're five foot. Oh, God. Yeah. He carries around a trampoline. You know what I'm saying? Carry one in your, in your little backpack, little trampoline. <laughs> so if you got to talk to a girl, you pop up on your trampoline. Number one, it's a fanny pack. That's true. He keeps it in his fanny. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very handsome man. Thank you, dude. I know you don't mean it, but thank you. It's nice to hear. I appreciate it. Just, just take the compliment, you know. All right. What else did you talk about in therapy this week? Let's oh, get on the track here, buddy. Yeah, you had a doozy. I yeah. had, a, I had an intake session mostly, so. Oh, we're going to get to you. No, we're not. Go oh, ahead. yeah. No, we're going to talk about you for about an hour, <laughs> and then we're going to shut her down. Uh, what a, oh, this is a big one for me with uh, talking and sticking on, on, uh, on cue with the uh, anxiety. Okay. Um, we were talking about when it flares up, and uh, when, I'm, when I'm in the mix of, of those anxiety spirals, when I'm thinking of how to get out of it, and she asked me what it looks like because she was curious to see if I was kind of leaning on these ideal situations when I'm in an anxiety spiral. So saying things like, oh, I wish I had, you know, blah, blah, blah to get out of this or whatever. And I said to her, no, when I'm in these anxiety spirals, I will settle for the lowest form to get out of it like the the lowest amount of something that i need is 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 good enough and then i will figure it out once i'm out of it you just need like the immediate life raft yep and then once you're on the life raft you're like okay i'll figure out how to get to shore then yep yeah Mm. what'd you say about that it was interesting um because that bleeds into a lot of things in my life where if i can just figure out something if i can just get through the moment now yeah. then i'll figure everything else out later and uh turns out that is survival mode and i've been living my entire life in survival mode and it i think it stems from grief when i was young yeah and uncertainty of grief and death and all that um but also it affects my long-term planning mm, how so 
it is really hard for me to look at the big picture of things because I am constantly in the now. And it, it's in that same narrative of like, if I can just get through right now, then I'll figure out the rest later. So I'm never thinking of like, oh, let's make a plan for later. I'm just like, no, we have to get through right now. And a lot of times, even in the projects that I'm doing um, in my career, it's I, I very rarely spend the time after they're done to either uh, launch them correctly or give them the proper attention after they're done or enjoy them once they're done. I constantly finish a project, move on to the next thing, and I'm, I'm keeping it moving because I'm, I'm, I got through right now, I got the project done, I figured it out, next. Now it's the next thing I have to figure out how to get through. And then you get upset because no one watches the project, and right. you don't get the validation, and the only one to blame is you. Exactly. That's a cycle. Yeah. That's a pattern. And I didn't realize that I had been living in this survival mode. Um, I thought I was just hustling, grinding, you know, yeah. keeping it moving. So the survival mode is that, do you find it to be more so professional or is that personal life as well? I think it bleeds over into personal life as well with, I don't think relationships, but everything else, money, housing, cars, all that shit. Like if I can just like, I, I need something now and I'll figure out the rest. You know what's interesting? Hmm. No matter what we talk about, mm -hmm. always it's, but it doesn't affect my relationships. It doesn't believe we're in relationships that way. Whether it be the controlling, the anxiety, the survival, like it seems like relationships are where. I feel like I am someone who... And I hate, and I hate this about myself. Is somebody chill, laid back dude? I'm a super chill, laid back dude. That's number one. Yeah, all time. Uh, but I think that I'm somebody who gets lost in relationships a lot, and they become the priority in my life. And so they, I when I think about them getting affected by these things, they almost feel a little protected to me. They feel protected. Yeah, because from I, what? From getting fucked up from other stuff this short-term thinking i don't apply short-term thinking to my relationships mm. so that wouldn't fuck it up um uh obviously anxiety has <laughs> fucked me <laughs> mm -hmm. um we talked about that last week um but yeah i i tend to prioritize when i'm in a relationship to the degree of kind of losing myself in there. You become codependent. Yes. So when you're in a relationship, it automatically is like number one priority all the time. Yes, because I think I have a little insecurity ab about making whoever I'm with feel safe and important because I know that I have this career or had this career that was had me gone a lot. I'm just a rambling guy and out and about in the fucking world and barely ever home. So I want them to feel safe and secure in the relationship and to know that I do care about them and they are a priority. And that oftentimes would lead to me not going out as much or staying home or not taking on certain projects or delaying projects or something like that because I wanted to spend the time or show value in the relationship that I'm in. Ooh, I'm going to push you. Okay. We talked about last week. Mm -hmm. So now you're saying when you're in a relationship, you tend to, that's kind of like a sacred part of your life. It's a very high priority. Mm -hmm. You want them to feel safe. You want them to make, you want to make sure they know the relationship is safe. Mm -hmm. And then you can your, I don't, whatever we decided to call it, your wandering eye. I knew you were going to go here. Yeah. Can take over. And then that can ultimately threaten your relationship. And I wonder if the, um, the high priority you're putting on your relationships is almost creating like a resentment in you that you feel like you have to put these mm. relationships in a certain place for your partner. And you're then like, 
you feel like you're missing something. I know you're just discovering this about yourself. Yeah. That's interesting. There is definitely, I mean, I think that's a normal thing when you get out of in, in, who anybody gets out of any relationship, male or female or whatever. And you think about, Oh, I should have done this or I could have done that. You have mm-hmm. those could have, would have, should have. Right. And it, it is motivating to me. Usually when I come out of a long-term relationship, I'm pumping out projects. And that's also a distraction thing for me as well. That also happens with grief. Usually when I'm going through something, my adrenaline and motivation kicks in and I go to work. Um, so I don't know if, if, if it's resentment or if it's just... A, that f- there is a feeling of fuck. I should I should have been doing this. There is that for mm-hmm. sure. Do you do you ever looking back using your hindsight? Mm-hmm. Get, what? I, I mean that seriously. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. All yeah. right, I heard a little snicker. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No fat jokes about Snickers, please. Now, using your hindsight, mm-hmm. when you look back, can you do you think of times in the relationship where presently in those moments you're like i should be doing something i should be doing something else but you feel like you can't because you would be casting your partner aside temporarily or anything like that absolutely but Mm. my partners are never asking that of me i'm putting that on them right yeah Uh, uh, yeah (laughs) i want to go on record and say (laughs) that it was never my partner's fault in any relationship that i was in that i felt held back by them at all it was always the my assumption of how I should be handling my relationship. Mm, where do you think it comes from? Why do you think you go, you went into relationships thinking that's how you should act? I think it is just, it just goes back to that. It's such a hard sell for me. I feel like when I, when I am single and dating and out there, the fucking thing that I deal with the most is when I'm out with women, they go, oh, you must be, you must do this all the time. You must have women all over. The- hey, I'm here with you. And that's, that's what's going on right now. I'm here with you. And th- th- we're doing this. Don't fucking, oh, you must have a hundred women. You must do it. So to me, I have to apply a little bit of that pressure and value to show them that like, hey, it's just you. This is this is what's going on. There are no, there's nobody fucking hiding in my closets. There's nothing going on here. You know what I mean? Like, it's you. We're here. You're safe. Um, because that is so. In a in a career that was so uncertain, I felt like I had to step up and show some kind of security or certainty in order to have them feel safe and move forward with an actual real connection and real relationship with me because it's a hard sell. I was gone 40 to 46 weeks a year on the road. Mm-hmm. You're trying to fucking move in. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Like, right. You're trying to take me seriously. Probably not. Hmm. I don't blame that. I wouldn't take me seriously. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. <clears throat> I hate to keep going back. But like, it's kind of this big contradiction. Like you, you know, you like they're calling you out on, you must have, you know, you're on the road. You must have a woman in every city. And you're like, look, I'm with you. Yeah. And then you're out on the road and you're like, man, that'd be fun. I wish I had the freedom. Yeah. And then they're getting upset because you have contact with other women. You're like, but I'm with you. Even though you kind of wish you had the freedom to have these experiences or whatever. That must be made it really hard for you. Yeah, but You're, I didn't. That sounds like in the be, in the beginning, and this sounds so bad, but we talked about this last week too. And I think this is a normal thing that goes on in relationships as well as you get comfortable and you start to kind of put your guard down a little bit. And I think that's when more of that, flirting happens or where those ideas happen where you're meeting people and you're like, that'd be fun. So I don't think it's never an immediate thing for me. Um, because I am so enamored at first I am all in, I'm always all in, but like 
at first you have those kind of blinders on. I think that's normal for everybody. When you meet somebody you really connect with and you really like fall for, mm-hmm. there's nobody else that exists in the world, right? You're just like. You lo- so you love the honeymoon phase. Oh, yeah. It is so much fun, isn't it's it? It's great. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a normal <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love the honeymoon phase? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. But I I am a serial monogamist and a long term partner guy. Yeah, me I'm the same way. Um, and so yeah, I think I think that stuff comes later. So, mm. that just sounds like it'd be really hard. Yeah, and also, I kind of mentioned this last week too, but like it doesn't affect the way that I view my, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I think somebody would be fun or if we have a connection or whatever, if there's a little bit of flirting going on in the DMS or whatever, it has no effect on how I feel about who I'm with. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I love them the same. I look at them the same. I want them the same. It's, you know, yeah. Uh, it's not a, it's not an either or thing for me. Right. Um, Yeah, and then a relationship that I was in, we opened the relationship up towards the end. Mm-hmm. And your most recent relationship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, we were talking about. Uh, I came back from a trip, and I had hooked up with somebody on on while I was gone. Yeah, and we talked about it, and. We were very open about our feelings, and I was just like, it actually made me love you more. It made me appreciate you more. And you not because the hookup was bad or anything. No, no, it had nothing to do with the other person, but it was just like, you know, you, you, you are, I was so happy with this other person, so that, not that I didn't have fun with this new person or whatever, but it just wasn't her. And I yeah. think that's important, and I think that's, I've never been in poly relationships or those kind of situations, but I, I feel like I have more insight on it now where mm. I think people that have not experienced that can be like, how could you do that to this? It has nothing to do with her yeah. because anybody else that you meet in the, out there in the world, is not going to be her. Everybody brings something different to the table. Everybody connects in different ways. Everybody has, you know, everybody fits together differently and yeah. nobody's going to fit together like the person you're with, especially long term. So it doesn't matter. Kind of like um, made you appreciate your home base. Yeah, because it wasn't a replacement. Yeah. And I think that's what people get confused about with polyamory and open relationships a lot is like, oh, you're replacing. No, it's not about replacing. It's about adding on to the the joy and the connection and love that you already have a solid foundation on. So like. I'm one of those people. I, I really struggle to wrap my mind around. I can understand open relationships like um, you have your partner and you're allowed to like casually see other people. Yeah. But like having a main partner and having like a side like girlfriend, Mm -hmm. I cannot understand that. Mm. Not judging. I just, how does like emotionally, I don't know about an ongoing thing i think that might be different i have not experienced that to have like an ongoing side yeah side thing happening um but i think it's definitely different interactions and feelings and connections when it's just a one-off here and there or yeah you know so more of an open relationship rather than like polyamory yeah 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 and you having that experience you've kind of learned that's kind of your preference now is you'd rather have like yeah. a main person, but have have an open thing where you guys can dip out every now and again. An ongoing hall pass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For lack that's of a good a, way to put it, yeah, that's yeah, nice. yeah. You just yeah. have a, a golden hall pass, and you're like, yeah, I can just cash this in. Yeah, I w- even that, like, I get it. I can wrap my head around it. I I have a hard time thinking that would work for me. I don't know if it's an insecurity thing. I wonder why. Maybe, maybe it's just not for me, but I wonder what like the root of it is. If I'm too insecure to be like, oh, some dude's fucking piping my girl down. Super <laughs> cool. Super tight on that one. Yeah. Um, 
I also, <clears throat> when it comes to jealousy in relationships, I don't really have that. And I've always been in the mindset of like, as long as I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, what do I have to worry about? Yeah. And I feel like that's the same way if, if it was an open relationship. As long as I am still doing the things that I was supposed to be doing and all that, then I, I don't have to worry about somebody else coming in. And that's interesting because last week we talked about you tend to feel like your partners lose interest. Mm-hmm. You think, do you feel that way even if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? Do you think they still lose interest or do you think that you feel like they lose interest only well, when you slip or with, when you have going through something? With this new hindsight that we have, <laughs> the hindsight is where I'm discovering that maybe I wasn't coming to the table with everything that I was initially coming to the table with. Mm-hmm. So during those moments, that's why I think, I also think the check-ins are very important in relationships. Yeah. Uh, huge. Um, Some might say like a monthly couples therapy could be a great check-in. <laughs> Some people. Some people out there. Some people might think Some, it's a fucking disaster. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Some people might be smart enough to see through it, you know. But um, uh, I think... <laughs> no, I think check-ins are important. And um, yeah, that way you stay on task and stay... Can continue to be the the person that you say you are. Yeah. Bring to the table what you're supposed to be bringing to the table. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. Check-ins are really important in relationships. Do you So using your your hindsight, <clears throat> do you think that for future relationships that would be a good thing to implement like f- like having a scheduled like first of the month, like let's sit down, talk about make sure everything's going right. Yeah, I wish I would have been more <clears throat> rigid on those cuz I I'd like to I call them <laughs> state of the relationships. <laughs> nice. Um they would usually happen yearly. Um, yeah, I wish, a, yeah, I wish that, that's often. what I was kind of getting at. Do you think it's better to like have a standing one rather than like, yeah, do we need to check in? And then it's almost like it's too late. Yeah. Because, because you have all these things building up and it's like this explosion of things. Because I'm also the guy I found out <laughs> through hindsight and past relationships that I'm also the guy that's like, you good? You okay? Yeah. I yeah. do that too. Yeah. And uh turns out, Women don't like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Drives them fucking crazy. Yeah. And sometimes you being like, you good? Yeah. Uh, makes them not good. Yeah. So. Uh, they think you're projecting. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm good. Well, are you not good? And you're like, hey, bitch, I'm just fucking. Yeah, I'm just fucking checking it. <laughs> this is about me. You don't seem good. Yeah. You Women so have good. that superpower to flip it back on yeah. you on, on those things where you're no, like. You look so pretty. I just wanted to make sure you were good. Yeah, I just want to make sure you didn't hate me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talked about that and this, this long-term planning was a big one for us to talk about as well. And I had shared something with her that I (laughs) had not shared before. Um, I had, I said, I told her, I said, well, it's about to get dark. (laughs) She goes, let's go, (laughs) which I loved. Yeah. Um, another thing for me on long-term planning is Hey man, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And you're talking about your life. Yeah. 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 And I don't know what happens after 60. I've never been able to see myself after 60 and I'm really good at envisioning stuff and manifestation and all of those things. I can't see past 60 and even 60 is a stretch for me. 60 is yeah. a new thing that has come to me. Yeah, I've never heard you talk about 60 before. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I can vouch for that. I don't want to get old. Mm. I've never wanted to get old. I've never wanted to be fucking like 90. I'm like, where's my... Fuck that. Well, eat better and work out and you won't be that 90-year-old, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, you know, my, I had shared with her, I said, I just, I didn't, I don't, long-term plan because I didn't, I don't plan to be here long-term. I don't know what that looks like for me. Um, I come from a a family that dies pretty young. So in my head, it was either going to be 
some kind of heart failure or accident or suicide. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so long-term planning for me is, is a, is a, is a new thing and a big thing. And I still not real sure what life after 60 looks like for me. Are you, as you talk through these things and as you work on yourself, do you have a desire to see life after 60? Like to be able to envision yourself getting old even and not see it as a negative thing? I think if things change for me, yeah. But I don't want to keep doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but that's oh, also I goes with <laughs> survival mode and everything that I just lived in survival mode. So maybe if I get out of that mentality and I can learn how to live out of that and, mm-hmm. and, but also like, I lost my parents around 30 years old. And the thought that I had was, what do you do without your parents for the rest of your life? That's a long time. Um, and as time goes on, you know, I, I don't, I don't have anybody, you know, I don't have any, I have family, but they're pretty distant. You know what I mean? Um, everybody else is dead. Yeah. I don't have any kids. I don't have any, you know, there's, there's nothing for me as I get older. Um, so like, what am I hanging around for? You know? So why don't you create something to hang around for? I'm not saying you have to have kids, but I don't know. I'm trying to create work that lives on. Yeah. I don't believe in that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, though, I'm not trying to shit on what you're saying. Anytime I hear somebody talk about legacy and all that, I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not real. Yeah. It's not. When's the last time you thought about Prince or Michael Jackson? They're some of the biggest artists of all time. That's true. That'll cross my mind. That's true. The diehard fans, they'll still listen to your shit, but in the, in the, in the big scheme of things, and I believe this even when we're still here, but we don't fucking matter. We're so insignificant. Yeah. Not, not just speaking on this planet, there's what, 7 billion of us. Yeah. And then you go to the, the scope of the universe. Like, bro, we don't fucking matter. I got to tell you, this isn't helping. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can't change how you feel. I I just, I had a revelation coming out of the pandemic because I keep, I have a storage unit back in Ohio that, you and I have talked about it a yeah. bunch of times. Um, Possible documentary coming soon. Yeah. But I had a revelation of like, who is that for? Yeah. Who's all that stuff that I'm, I'm keeping in that little fucking, in those boxes? Like, who's that for? And, and the answer is no one. It's for, well, it's for me right now. Yeah. That's how I'm, keeping their memories alive and all that stuff. And that's, that's where they live. That's for me. But when I'm gone, it's just stuff. It's just stuff, man. There's nobody to pass it down to. There's nobody gives a fuck about it. Nobody's going to dig through it when I'm gone and be like, Oh, this was fucking grandpa Mike's stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not, this is some dead guy's stuff. 50 bucks for the whole lot. You want it? Yeah. So that's, yeah. When I'm thinking long term and long term planning and all that stuff, it's like, who's it for? Yeah. Me? I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day because I, similarly, I've always had um, a really hard time picturing myself later in life. I've always thought I'd die in a car accident for some reason. Well, you almost did. So Yeah. <laughs> Missed me that, once. I think that might be a... Yeah. But I've always, I've always thought that's how I go. And yeah, I've always kind of thought I'd die younger. I don't... Um, 
Yeah, I can't picture myself at even 60. It's a weird, and I, but I don't know if that's a normal thing. If when you're in your um, like younger years, like, can anybody picture themselves old? Yeah, it's hard to even picture yourself at like 30 when you're young. You're like, 30? Yeah. What the fuck? And now I'm 35 and I'm like, I feel the same as I felt when I was fucking 20. My grandmother used to talk about that all the time when it came to age, about like, uh, how, you know, I was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're 91. Like, how do you feel? She's like, I, I feel like I'm 25. Yeah. It's so crazy. Weird. But what I was thinking about was, let's say I don't die in a car accident right. and I do grow old. Like I'm supposed to, if nothing happens, right? I don't get sick or anything. What does life look like then? And that led me to kids. Mm. And I was like, and for the first time in my life, I thought about like, oh, that's why you have kids. Yeah. You get old and then you have this joy of seeing like your family and you get to watch. Cause like, dude, watching my, like me getting stuck in Tucson during the pandemic was, I hate using this word, but it was such a blessing. Yeah. Watching my niece grow from like a worm to like this little person over two years. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. And I can I, I can I can't even imagine what that's like as a 75 80 year old man seeing your adult children yeah. like watching them you have these memories of them being this little fucking bean and then they grow and they grow and they grow and now they're adults and maybe they're having kids and like I I think of like maybe that is what life's about when you get to that age is just looking at your family and just and just feeling that love that you have for these people yeah, and you don't get to see them as much as you want and you feel like they've forgotten about you because they have their own lives. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that, uh, yeah, I think about if I do get to that age, um, I think, yeah, what, what else, what else do you have besides the people you love? who gives a fuck how much money you have if you have if you don't have people to share it with and I don't think it has to be family I don't think it has to be kids it's just like you just you have to the relationships that matter and the people that you love I think it's just, it's so important to to maintain them yeah you know dude we're gonna be the dopest 75 year old men ever <laughs> Don't uh, kill yourself. I won't be here. But <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll make sure you're taken care of. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> you get all, get all your books. Uh, thanks. Uh. <laughs> you can't. You don't think that would be a fucking blast? Just us being seventy-five, just chilling, smoking a cigar somewhere. Oh man, I don't, I don't, the I, fucking laughs we would have. Oh, come on, dude. My worst case scenario is already kicking in. Like my body would hurt <laughs> so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got this, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I that was the first time in my life I was like, oh, that's why you have kids for, just for that. Like, maybe that is what life is about, and I, I don't fucking know if it is, but I had that thought for the first time. Yeah. I thought about kids before, but it was because, um, it was because of the person I was with, and I was just envisioning having a kid with that person, yeah. And thank God we didn't. Um, yeah, this is the first time I was like, oh. I had that with with my ex and her daughter. That was the first mm. realization because she was seeing her go through school and you just relive all of these moments. And it's such a, man, it's such a mind fuck in the best way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a circle of life. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta have kids, man. 
Fuck that. Put the vasectomies on hold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm depressed now. <laughs> yeah. How you feeling? Oh, welcome to my world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well. So you let's switch let's switch gears. A I don't bit. wanna. I know you don't. You've been fighting it. Let's switch gears. I don't wanna. So you 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 are, this was your first week with your new therapist. Yeah. And she's gotten you doing some different things and I love it. I let's, hate it. Let's talk about it. I don't wanna. Let's do it. No. Come on. Okay, what do you want to talk about, you fuck? <laughs> I like that she's challenging you in these new ways. Yeah, I need to be challenged. I need to be pushed in therapy. Yeah. Uh, what about, are you like that in life, too? Do you like people that push back, like in relationships and friendships and stuff? Yeah. I need that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, especially, especially in, in, in romantic relationships. Because yeah. I, um, I do... I can be a little hard-headed. Wait, Shut you? it down, bitch. Wait a minute. I, I'm revealing something oh. to the people they didn't know. Let me just take this in for a second. You're saying that you you can be a little hard-headed or hard to deal with? Is that what you're saying? I didn't say hard to deal with. I said hard-headed. Oh, somebody said hard to deal with. Yeah, don't put fucking words in my mouth. I just heard that. Oh, oh cool, dude. He gaslights. <laughs> Look at him, ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can be hard-headed. And I can be, some people might say hard to deal with. I don't know who would say that. You'd have to be a real fucking bastard to say something like that about me. Because I'm just a big old fresh baked slice of cutie pie, sweetie pie, honey pie, lovely pie. Okay? Now. That's been left out in the fucking heat. It's wilting. <laughs> it's, it's wilting. It's getting some of the fuzzy spots it's on it. It's hot and angry. <laughs> angry <laughs> so yeah i do need um i do need a partner that can that can be like hey can we you're wrong right now i understand you feel strongly can we just calm down and think about it like i need that because i if i <laughs> If I really feel strongly that I'm right, mm -hmm. no matter, shut the fuck up, <laughs> no matter how wrong I might be, mm -hmm. I need someone to be like, hey, the look on your face, dude. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Keep going. But I realize that that takes a lot of work from me to foster an environment so that my partner knows that she can do those things to me and I'm not going to take it out on her. Right. So also friends. Dude, we're not friends. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I, and that, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do need a partner that, I, for lack of a better phrase, because I don't have better words, that can stand up to me. Right. Because I can be a very strong, hard-headed, like, st I'm a stubborn fuck sometimes. But, yeah, I understand that it's on me to make sure that they know that, I, that what we have will always be a safe space for those types of interactions. What did you ask me that we got here? <laughs> I was talking about how your new therapist is challenging you in ways and that, oh, yeah. that, that I liked it. And she was, um, it's very different from your last therapist. Yeah. So spoiler alert, I'm getting another new therapist. No, you're not. Come <laughs> on, my guy. Nah, I, t I told her we're going to try it out. But yeah, she, um, well, a lot of it was intake. Yeah. Right? I told her, I had to warn her. I was like, hey, I will joke about killing myself a lot. Just so you know. And she's like, okay. As long as there's never a plan, that's fine. And I said, nice. So we did all that. We did some recaps. Um, you know, what are you, what are you wanting to focus on? That kind of stuff. And uh, then we did a little exercise. 
<laughs> Dude, here's how deflective I was in this first fucking uh, <laughs> session. She goes, all right, so we're going to do a little exercise. And I said, if it's cardio, I'm fucking leaving. Oh <laughs> Get the fuck out of <laughs> here. I swear to God. And she's like, it's not going to And she like had a big laugh. And I was like, <sighs> and in my head, I was like, bro, why are you joking right now? Like, just fucking, yeah. just, take, just do that. Take it seriously. It, oh, man. I felt myself sitting there like I had a fucking wall up with this woman. Yeah. I could feel it. I was just sitting there like, yep. Mm-hmm. Like not get not emoting at all, and I I became aware of it later on, and I was like, bro, you're not do- like this is not. It's not what it's for. That's not the way to do therapy, right? Like you have you have to come in here and put the wall that like otherwise you're gonna get nothing from this. Yeah. And so she said, let's do an exercise. And I said, fine. And she said, I'm gonna invite you to look inward. And I said. Did you say the N word? Stop it. Stop. I did. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with her? Deflecting. Let her do her job. I'm deflecting. <sighs> and that and then I really did. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm gonna commit to this. Okay, let let's like I'm in. Yeah. And she said, I want you to look inward. And she closed her eyes. And I asked, not jokingly, do I have to close my eyes? <laughs> She said, it would help. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I closed my eyes. Mm-hmm. And here, here's, you want to know all I could think about for the first little bit of this exercise was, are her eyes still closed or is she watching me do this shit? Are you serious? I swear to God. Did you peek a little? Nope. Because <laughs> I was committed, baby. All right, good, good. But yeah, I was like, her eyes still closed? She fucking watched me. And then I was like, I just, it's like we talk about with like positive self-talk of like looking in the mirror and being like, I love you. Mm-hmm. It felt so fucking silly and foolish. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. I'm like, is she watching me? Who gives a fuck if she's watching? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Doesn't matter. I cared. I cared. Yeah. So she, she was talking about uh, behaviors that are uh, that people use as soothers, air quote soothers. Mm. Um, she's like, like she's like common ones. Like some people, some people drink, some people, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's like coping behaviors. But rather than call them coping, she's saying you use them because you're trying to soothe yourself, which is mm. what coping behaviors are. And I, I didn't really have any. Um, coping or soothing behaviors, but the one that came to mind, because again, it's our first session. We hadn't opened up a lot. Right. And I just, I said, oh, I think the obvious one for me would be eating. And then of course I go, obviously. (laughs) You have the jokes. (laughs) I can't do it, man. Yeah. And she goes, well, not obviously. I said, thanks. And, uh, and she goes, so do you eat to soothe? And I was like, I don't, I don't know that I eat to soothe or like to cope, but I do have a problem eating out of boredom. Like, I don't know why I do. I'm sure there's some fucking trauma back in the early chapters, but I don't know why. But I, I, when I am cognizant of it, like I am getting better at being like, dude, are you hungry right now? Or are you just bored? Mm. And, um, so we talked about that and we're looking inward. Yeah. And she said, dude, I hate this right now. And know, sh- shut the fuck safe up. Safe space. No, it's not a safe space. We got people watching people in the comments calling me the chunky one. I got fucking all this shit. Vulnerability is hard, man. Yeah. I don't fucking like it all the time. Sometimes it's really hard. And um, so I got my eyes closed. I'm looking inward. And she said, uh, I'm I'm like panicking right now. I'm trying to remember. She was talking about (sighs) you picturing where the anxiety was. She was talking about 
I'm having anxiety right now just talking about this. Uh, she was, she was like, okay, so yeah. So I, I have my eyes closed. You see how jumbled I get? Yeah. When I what's going? Do you want me to tell the story? No, I don't want you to tell the story, bro. I can do it. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Sometimes I get fucking fucking panic attack and can't fucking talk right. Is it really bothering you right now? Yeah, I don't like it, but I'm I'm gonna do it. It's okay. Okay. Um. So, um, have my eyes closed and we're looking inward. If you're just joining us, <laughs> and um. Um, and she, she asked like, okay, so if, if you're thinking about like you're bored and you're going to eat, like, what do you feel right now thinking that? And, um, I thought about it for a minute and I said, honestly, a little bit, a little bit of anxiety. And she said, okay, where do you feel the anxiety? Like physically in your body. And. Uh, so I like sat for a second and I said, uh, in, in my chest and in my hands, cause my hands were starting to buzz. She said, okay, so what I want you to do now. And in my mind, I'm like, her eyes better be closed. <laughs> and what I want you to do now is I want you to ask the feeling in your hands and your chest ask them permission to separate from you for a few seconds. She's like, you don't have to do it out loud. So I do that. And she said, now I want you to imagine you putting that energy, that anxious energy, whatever it is, putting it into a room where there's like a two way mirror. You're going to put it in the room and then you're going to stand on the side of the mirror and you can watch it. Gave it a couple seconds. I said, okay. So I visualized me doing these things and putting it in the room. Yeah. And uh, I'm like sweating. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, we're going to cut all this, right? Nope. <laughs> I'm not promoting this at all. This episode, <laughs> don't watch this. Uh, and she said, okay, so it's in the room and you're watching it. And I said, yeah. And, um, uh, um, uh, she said, what does it look like? Yeah. And I said, it looks, it looks like an orange glow. It was just like this orange, like orb kind of like not, there was no rigid structure. It wasn't a glass ball. It was just like this orange glow. Yeah. <sighs> And she said, okay, so now I want you to go into the room with the orange glow. She said, I want you to go into the room and I want you to ask this orange glow, what are you afraid is going to happen if I don't eat out of boredom right now? So I take a second and I do that and she go, and then she asks, uh, I don't remember if I leave the room or if I stay in there with it. Um, but she asks, uh, um, uh, does, does it look different? Does the orange, does it look different? Mm. And, I took a second and I was, and I realized that now when I was seeing it, it was purple. And I said, now, now it's purple. Interesting. Said, yeah. She said, okay. And then I honest, honest to God, I'm not fucking with you. I forgot what the rest of the thing was after that. And then she said, okay, open your eyes and come back. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, were your eyes open this whole time? <laughs> and she goes, okay. And I was like, okay, what? She's like, it, it's just the first time we're doing this. I just wanted to see, just see what happened and see, you know, what she's like. Some people go in the room and they see a dog and some people see this. And she's like, you saw an orange energy and it changed to purple. She's like, it's just, we're just exploring. 
And I said, okay, so we're not like connecting anything right now. She's like, no, we're like, no, we're, this is our first thing. Like we're just, it's all fun. It's okay. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And she goes, I'm going to ask you one question. I said, okay. She goes, it's random. There's nothing here. It's a random question. And I said, okay. She goes, I'm not trying to connect anything yet. And I said, okay, <laughs> what's your question? It's quite the build up. Yeah. Because I think she can see how anxious I am. And she's like, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, what's your fucking question? Yeah. And uh, she goes, so you you had this energy and it was it changed colors. And I go, yeah. And she goes, my question is, what's your mom's favorite color? And I said, purple. 